0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Crystal Silence League Hour with the Reverend John St. Germain, the most relaxing corner of the internet. Um, Join us in about a minute or so, uh, get you a a cup of coffee to keep you awake and uh, we'll be back in just a few seconds. Mm, See you in a minute. powerfully strong cup of coffee and my delicious oh my gosh i love coffee i love coffee so much it's an ungodly love it's an unholy love and i was um i was looking up different types of coffee uh jamaican blue mountain coffee is an expensive coffee you know it's something like 50 dollars for a quarter pound or something like that and it's very good i drink maybe one cup of week and there's this coffee uh luat Collop or something like that. It's made from coffee beans or you know the the seed of the coffee cherry that is devoured by the meerkat and then it is uh, passed through the digestive system thereof uh, and then excreted or defecated. the um, the uh, turds of the meerkat are collected. The uh, digested cherry seeds of the coffee bean are collected, roasted. And this extremely expensive coffee is brewed from that bean. It's about $150 a cup. And I've had it. It's delicious. And um, I thought, well, maybe I'll get some of that. And it is expensive. It's about $150 for a quarter pound or half pound bag, depending on who you get it from. However, researching it, demand for this coffee has increased to the point where the gentle meerkat, and if you look at these animals, they're cats, you know, they're cats. They're wild cats, but they're cats. You could probably befriend these and, and have them as pets if you don't mind everything in your house being clawed and chewed to death, <laughs> as, that, as though that's different from having any kind of feline in your house. But they've been farmed. Uh, they're actually uh, trapped. They they take them and put them in cages, small cages, and force feed them these uh you know, coffee cherries. Um, And then, of course, you know, their defecation drops to the cage uh, collected. And um, I I understand the coffee is bitter because of the animal's uh, unhappiness. So as much as I like this coffee, I boycott this practice. If they were collected in the wild as they were 10 years ago before this coffee became famous, um, I would say yes, um, enjoy this coffee. Um, but no, so I've settled, actually it's not settling because it's good for the Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee, which is harvested by free-range Jamaicans who live free, drink much rum, and have lots of sex. So there you have it, Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee over the the poor, exploited, meerkat, uh, Luwakapi coffee. That's my public service announcement for this week. Ah, Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee. There you go. Which means I won't be asleep until about 6 a.m. All right. The Crystal Silence League Hour brought to you, of course, by the Lucky Mojo um, Radio Network, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestale, California, which is recovering from the wildfires of... uh, last few weeks, I understand, rebuilding quite nicely. And um, this to- this week we're going to start a topic of spirits, uh, spirituality, mediumship, talking to spirits, seeing spirits. Uh, we kind of started that around the Halloween top. I hope you had a happy Halloween and a satisfying uh, uh those of you who celebrate these. We had a great Halloween, didn't have a single trick-or-treater, but a great Halloween, we honored it. Um, we watched lots of people go by, and they came by and looked at our house, which was splendidly decorated. And we ate lots and lots of Halloween candy that the trick-or-treaters did not come by to get. So, boo. Next year, our strategy is going to be a little uh, uh, more targeted, I think. So, the Crystal Silence League, for those of you who may not know, was founded around 1917 by Mr. Claude Alexander Conlin for the purpose of distributing, projecting, and giving, free of charge, positive affirmations for all those in need of such. And we continue that practice to this day. Uh, Although Mr. Conlon passed into the silence around 1954, taking the League with him, Missionary Independent Spiritual Church revived it around 2009 in cybernetic form. And you can find us on the web at www.crystalsilenceleague.org. On that page you will find prayer petitions. You can post prayers free of charge. We get over 200 a week, some of which I will be reading aloud in a few minutes. But first let's discuss our crystal of the week, which is a uh, And it is said that nummite is the oldest mineral in the universe, created in the creation throes of the universe itself through volcanic activity. And um, I'm going to tell you that um, it is a weird and wonderful looking stone. It is dark. Um, It is like the midnight sky with golden flecks of stars and meteors shooting through it. It's a stone called the sorcerer's stone because you can perform magic with it if it's shaped into a rod it's a it's a tremendous good healing um, wand it's uh it is uh, attuned to the magical u- energies of the universe itself um, a tremendously strong electromagnetic magical field. It will align all the subtle bodies of the human form. it strengthens the aric body, the astral body. Um, it is a ferociously protective stone. It will, um, sometimes you look into it, depending on the light, you'll see red, orange, yellow, silver, gold, blue, violet. Um, what chakras it aligns with depends because, um, it will, um, change color. Um, Usually it's used uh, in very high uh, um, um, uh, work. It's uh, basically considered a black stone. Um, so it's a earth stone. It's uh, the grounding chakra, the root chakra, but it goes to the earth chakra as well, which is the one right below your feet. And because of it, it resonates with every color reflected in it. Uh, it can go you know, completely through every chakra. Um, and it's used often to connect with your guardian angel. So uh, it's a very hard stone. So you can make a elixir of it uh, directly, just drop it in the water. Uh, let it soak in moonlight for magic, sunlight for um, uh, healing. The Neumite especially is um, sensitive to moonlight, by the way. It's also sensitive to planetary energies, and um, uh, it's not an expensive stone. I think I bought a two-inch sphere once of Neumite for about $30, so it's not an expensive stone. You can get a palm stone for uh, meditation and scrying for around 30 or $40 as well, um, but that's our crystal of the week. Well, I'd like to turn your attention to our prayers of the week, and um, if you go to our uh, prayer page at the Crystal Silence League, the prayer requests, you will find that we have um, hundreds of them, and we usually get between uh, 120 to 200 a week, depending on the, how stressful the times are. And I'm going to read some of these out loud. You're welcome to go there and read them as well, um, or just read them along with me. And if you have a crystal ball and you understand how to do uh, prayer affirmations with crystal balls and projecting your intent to the uh, universe at large with your crystals, as we pastors do, by all means, do that. And we'll start with prayer ID number 66803. Who prays? I ask that my rivals in love and those that seek to flirt with him to find what they are looking for elsewhere. I pray that MB leaves him alone and stops asking for his help and in feeding his ego. I ask that he not only understands my comfort level with emotional boundaries of the opposite sex, but respects me enough to take heed of them, eases up on seeking to solve everyone's problems. I pray he focuses his energy on us. And in building and expanding our family, I pray that we can rebuild trust. Amen. And prayer ID 66802, I need some really good hoard and an equally good pay from the school that wants to hire me. I need some really good and many hours and good salary from the school immediately. I've not had a decent job in a very long time, and as such, I'm in a very bad situation. I need good hour uh, hours and pay from the school now so I can recuperate something. Thanks and amen. Amen. Pray Roddy 66801. Lord, I was hit and hurt all over in a car accident. Looks like it was almost a hit and run. No lights and she was speeding, but the officer took the other girl's side and came to the hospital and forced the lady cop to give me the ticket. So make this situation turn around in my favor and for me to find the best lawyer for the case that will indeed plead and win my case. Amen. Prayer ID 66799. I'm grateful for everyone's prayers. Praying for a phenomenal and expeditious healing on my behalf today. I am grateful. Amen. Prayer ID 66798. Lord, I am asking for your help to please remove all the obstacles that are on the way of my daughters, J.C., and their children in getting their U.S. visas so that they will be able to come here to the US next year. We've been waiting this for more than 10 years. Please let J and E get their NBI clearances too. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Pray, e 66797. Please pray that St. Joseph Hospital will not wipe me out and put me on the street. I'm 72, no insurance. No Medicare, no Medi-Cal. I've been musician, writer, artist all my life now. Sick with diabetes, congestive heart failure. Just operated on for gallbladder with massive internal infection. I need divine help to not end up eating out of dumpsters. Thank you, Jesus, for your protection and help to everyone threatened by medical bills. Amen. You know what we need to do? Today was voting day. Did you vote? Did you vote? Did you vote? Prayer ID six six seven nine six. And if you didn't vote, shame on you. Prayer six six seven nine six. Free me from this prison where I live. Give me the strength to continue my education. And, <coughs> excuse me, and find a place of my own for my. It looks like a dog, Bella. Send someone into my life, a friend, anyone who comes with true love and joy. Shield me from harm. I'm so lonely and don't want to be harmed anymore. I'm a good person. Please help me, Mama. I miss you. Amen. Prayer ID 66795. Asking for prayer and finding a true love. Amen. Prayer ID 66793. May all curses on me be removed in my kids, Amen. Prayer ID six six seven nine zero. Please I ask all the guides, guardians, angels, and saints, God in his many forms and all of the universe to work with and for me to bring my beloved P back to me, to remove all people and obstacles from our relationship, so we may be together forever and happy with each other. Amen. Priority 66789, I pray that my husband and I are able to find jobs soon. Please pray that my husband's depression, anxiety, and discomfort from sickness lifts. I pray that we are able to rebuild our savings so that we can happily move to New Orleans. May prosperity, safety, and good fortune open to us again. Amen. Prayer ID, 66788. Hallelujah. May God bless all who are in CSL. That's the Crystal Silence League. I'm totally disabled and have a traditional Chinese medicine acupuncturist. He has worked successfully on Yang Min, Tai Yin. We're now working on a major depression, also known as melancholia. Here's what that means. I'm very fearful and also slothful and forget easily. I'm surrounded by social justice warriors who are oppressive. Please assist me. Amen. And we shall, sir, we shall. We will pray for you. We're doing it right now. Priority 66787. Praying that all labs and test results are good and for a good solvable solution. Asking that my team please intercede for me. Thank you for a victory. Amen. We'll do one more. I'm going to find a note. A lot of people post more than prayers here more than once. It's not necessary. Not necessary. We we know you're here. You don't have to post more than one. Um, <laughs> Prayer ID 66776. Let B win the cases against G and P, the witch B, and the real accomplices. Her spells and her blood <clears throat> used to be broken. Let her negative energy and all that is if her be good gone for good court cases November eighth and ninth, November ninth, etc, be one in our favor, I suppose. Amen. Let's have a moment of silence and affirmation and prayer for all those in need. Amen. May all be blessed. Tonight we're going to introduce the topic of spirit. It's been long known, long known since the beginning of human consciousness that man is possessed of two highly energized bodies, the physical body that everybody knows about, regardless of your belief system or lack of belief system. We all know we have a highly energized physical body with which we experience reality and then a more subtle spiritual body that some people experience and believe in and other people deny the existence existence of some call this the spirit the soul the astral body many many theories that explain it now we're going to, as we tend to do on the show, we're going to start at the very, very bottom, the very foundation, and we're going to build this case a brick at a time. I build my houses of bricks, not a straw, not of sticks. This is what I do in everything I do in my um, discussions. I do this in my readings. I do this in my spell work, spiritual ceremonies. I build everything a brick at a time. I build my houses of bricks. Anyone who's ever worked with me spiritually knows that. In my spiritual work and our readings, I tell people this. We don't go for fast solutions. I build my houses of bricks, step at a time. So, one of the more common cognitive or theoretical misconceptions that many people make about spiritual phenomena, psychic phenomena, Psi phenomena, ESP, spiritual phenomena, is expressed in one word, supernatural. And this very word itself creates resistance. The very idea of something that's outside of nature's laws. There's an immediate rejection to anybody of, of the most rational or logical mindset. And as a matter of fact, anybody who is knowledgeable of the occult doctrine knows full well that there's nothing, no knowledge of anything that's outside of the realm of nature, outside of nature's laws. Nothing is outside the creative law. It's true that if you really stretch your mind, you can believe in powers and beings that exists outside of nature. You can believe in it, but actually experiencing it, proving it, demonstrating it is another thing outside again. It, and many religions and spiritual systems have supernatural aspects, but these are darn hard to put into practice. This is not science, and this is not practice. This falls under the category of faith, and faith is not something that we're really going to discuss in this, um, uh, in this time. We're going to talk about techniques and practices and things that we can actually use. I'm a very practical person. I don't have time for speculation. I, I want something that we can actually put our hands on and use and benefit from and help benefit others. I don't have time for speculative talk. So the moment that there appears any manifestation which is possible of being known or experienced by the human senses, ordinary, extraordinary, that moment that it happens, and if you can understand the cause of it, it's natural, not supernatural, but natural. And even if you can't explain it, even if you don't know why it happened, if you've experienced it, it's natural. If you've seen it, touched it, tasted it, felt it, it's natural. It's true not only of phenomena that are perceived by the ordinary five senses, but those which are perceptible to the higher powers of perception, the higher senses, which we discussed under the uh, umbrella term of the astral senses, the psychomantic senses. And these senses are latent, latent in all human beings and many animals as well. Um, now, they're only completely developed or unfolded in comparatively few individuals. So uh, it's clearly understood um, by most students of occultism or psychic phenomena that man's knowledge and experience, normal or supernormal, is confined to the realm of nature. We cannot know anything outside of nature. There's there's a, a boundary beyond which we cannot pass. There's a limit to what man can know, and this is nature. This is what we call nature. Nature's the limit that we can know. So there's nothing supernatural. But even the, the highest mystics, the greatest mystics in history um, that are filled with the, the most... Uh, Startling and esoteric revelations, um, you know, who talk about becoming one with nature, one with the divine, one with God, um, um, know full well that only insofar as this deity or God involves itself with nature can it be directly experienced by man. Man has a limit with what he or she can experience, and that is natural. Now, this is why we use the term supernormal not supernatural. Um so I'm I'm dwelling on this for a lot for a while because this is very important. The term super, supernormal is not usually employed. Now, uh I first came across the term in the study of Buddhism and I I've since found it in other uh, uh realms of thought. Supernormal means that it's above normality, beyond beyond exceeding that which is normally experienced. Extraordinary, sometimes unexplainable, but not supernatural, not beyond nature. Now, normal means that there's a certain standard of behavior or standard of experience. We go through life, there's a certain standard of experience, and then something beyond our experience occurs, and it's super normal, something that's not usually experienced. You know, you go through life, and there's a certain level of normalcy that you're used to, and then you see a ghost, or you experience telepathy, or you leave your body at super normal. So there's an important distinction to be noted. A thing may be outside the usual pattern, but it's not inferior or under ordinary standard. That is abnormal. Abnormal means it's inferior or under ordinary standard. There's something wrong with it. Abnormal is something wrong. Supernormal means superior. It's beyond, above normal. It's above it. It's over. It's transcended normality. Abnormal means it's, it's warped. It's, uh, it's uh, beneath our normal reality. So that's important. We have to understand supernatural, we don't use. Abnormal is when something is wrong. And super normal is when something has transcended our normal behavior. So this is just important. This is important for our later uh, discussion. So, you know, enough with that, I think. So the prevailing mindset, and understand 90% of the human race is perfectly satisfied with normal reality. 90% of people, they're they're happy with normal. You get up in the morning, have their coffee, go to work, punch the time clock, come home, and watch a football game, drink a beer. They're happy with that. They're just happy with it. So, um, if something ha- abnormal happens, they don't want to know about it. If something supernormal happens, they don't want to know about it, and you know they don't even think about supernatural stuff. They see it on TV; it's fiction. So, um, so you know, judging by what we know of human nature, it's very special uh, when something. <laughs> We have a chat room. I'm in the ten percent oh i i'm in like the one percent <laughs> super normal is normal for me um the uh, so we're we're warranting um you know the normal run of people would revile uh, anything abnormal and think that the super normal is abnormal you know in the normal run of things so um so there's a prejudice against the unusual there's a there's a pressure against anything unusual, anything beyond a certain standard of existence. So um, imagine, uh, you know, if a a person could really read minds, if you could really get inside someone's head and know exactly what they're thinking, you would be considered quite dangerous. And if you could really predict the future with 100% accuracy all the time, and you got on the phone and you said, um, Um, I need to speak to the FBI. In three days' time, terrorists are going to fly two airplanes, and there's going to be these flights going out of Dulles Airport into the World Trade Center, and I know this. Well, how do you know? Well, I see the future. Okay, then. And then it happens. And then the special agent remembers that phone call and says, we got a phone call. Let's backtrack that call. Some very serious people are going to show up at your door and make you disappear and take you to a place where there are no windows and want to know exactly how you knew that and you said well i can see the future yeah right you're going to be waterboarded you're going to be tied up in uncomfortable positions you're going to be electroshocked and several weeks or months of a very unpleasant things going to happen to you and this is why many people with super normal abilities just don't talk about it because you understand that they see that this is going to happen. You know, people say, well, why didn't anybody predict 9-11? Lots of people did. Lots of people did. Lots of people predict lots of things. Uh, There's a project. um, Do you know about the Dream Project, where for the past 25 years, um, uh, there's a database kept of people's um, uh, clairvoyant dreams, are you aware of this? Look it up. So if all this seems exaggerated to you um, um, you know why do we put so many you know so much pressure on people who are different in any way you know in school, if you look funny, you know if you're uh too skinny, if you're too uh overweight, if you um, have big ears, you have a big nose if you're too smart. If you're not smart enough, um, why is there so much pressure on being different? Imagine, you know, the supernormal. Now, however, however, times are changing. The public's fascination in the super nor- normal has increased tremendously. If you flip through your cable channels at any given time, there's 15 to 20 shows on ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, Um uh, haunted houses, um, spirit mediums. If you look at the uh, prime time lineup at any given time, there's somebody talking to a ghost. There's some show about the afterlife. So this question of spirit, this question of the afterlife, regardless of the model, the modality, is something that fascinates everybody. So it's unjust to say that there's a overwhelming prejudice against it. There's just a fine line between the supernormal and the abnormal. So if we understand that occult powers are natural, not supernatural and not abnormal, um, we have to understand that the occult and psychic higher powers are natural. They're natural to all of us. It's just that for most people, conditioned in society, they're considered abnormal. So, let's not not even begin to be frightened by these things. So, if, as many scientists are trying to do now, establish a scientific basis for psi, P-S-I, which used to be called clairvoyance, then it can be shown that there's a scientific, rational, physical explanation for it. These fears will disappear, and more and more people, those third eyes will pop open. They'll throw aside their fears and become earnest investigators and students of this great subject, as it was in the old days when many, many wonder workers walked the earth. So we know that modern science has furnished abundant evidence that supports the ancient teachings of the old sages, the Hindu sages, and the ancient Asian sages, and before there were Hindus and Asians, to the effect that everything in the universe is in constant motion. That's manifested by varying rates, degrees, and modes of motion that became known as vibrations, that became known as frequencies, that became known as planes of existence, that eventually became known as dimensions. And we know that modern scientists are now in agreement with occultists, even though it's hard to get either side to admit it sometimes, knows that the differences between the things of the universe arise mainly from the different rates, modes, and degrees of these vibrations manifested in the things themselves. The difference between a brick and a jar of air is only in the rate of vibration. A brick lands on your head, it bashes your skull in, an equal amount of air lands on your head, you don't even feel it, and the only difference is in the degree of movement, the degree of vibration. If we change the rate of vibration of a thing, we change its manifested nature in reality. I want that to sink into your brain. If you change the rate of vibration of a thing, you change its manifestation in reality. This is exactly what happens in cyclotrons in, a manifest, in a, an atom smasher. They can take lead and turn it to gold like the dream of the alchemists by simply changing its rate of vibration. The difference between solid ice, liquid water, and gaseous vapor, which is steam, is how fast the molecules vibrate. You can cha- change a, a gas, air, into a solid just like that metaphor I gave you, the brick and air, you can do it with water. You do it every day. Water can be steam, liquid, or solid as a brick. If you hit somebody with 10 pounds of ice in the head, you'll kill them. If you drop 10 pounds of water on them from you know, 20 feet, you'll get wet. If you took 10 pounds of water and boiled it into steam and walked through it, you wouldn't even feel it. It's the same element. The only difference is how fast The vibration is, can you get your mind around it? The difference between a brick and a quantity of air is how fast it moves. The vibration, the rate of vibration, this is all of reality. The difference between you and me and a ghost is its rate of vibration. Dig it. Station identification. Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, Sundays 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Dania, Wednesdays 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Mr. Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. And the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay. Friday, 6 to 7. All time specific. Add 3 hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. And online at luckymojo.com. And we're back. The difference between you and me and a ghost is the rate of vibration. The difference between red, blue, green, violet, yellow, rate of vibration. Difference between light, heat, cold, rate of vibration. We also have these things called planes of existence, dimensions. And what we know about planes of existence and dimensions, these are not places. These are not places it's all a plane does not exist in space a plane does not exist in time a plane is a rate of vibration a dimension is a rate of vibration so in the same space that you and i exist there could be an infinite number of other planes dimensions an entire planet can pass right through us in the same space because it vibrates at a different rate this is all common stuff now you know whole whole science fiction movies are based on this you know the flash vibrates at a different rate. He goes to Earth one and Earth two and stuff. They were doing that back in the uh, back in the golden age. You know, back in the 30s and 40s, the flash would vibrate, go to Earth two. When uh, these theories were first proposed by scientists, these same these same practices were practiced by sages two thousand years ago um, through medit- meditative absorption. Uh, sages and uh, yogins would transcend the physical plane and go to different planes of existence, the Diva realm, the God realm, uh, the Naga realm, and see and experience, uh, planes of reality without ever leaving this physical space. So this is what we know. And animals seem to be able to see, uh, frequencies of light that we cannot, uh, indigo, ultraviolet, etc. Um, which is why your cat and your dog bark at, you know, empty air. <laughs> yeah, they're they're seeing uh, things that we do not. So these higher vibrations as you go up, magnetism, electricity, we can't see them with our sight, but they can be measured by appropriate equipment, correct? And if we had the proper sense... Sensory apparatus. We could see it. These rays of vibratory force would open up a whole new world to us. Imagine if we could see electromagnetism. Imagine if we could see it. If we could increase our power of hearing perception, we'd seem to be living in a whole new world. If we could see sound. And there's a thing called synesthesia, you know, where people, you know, they, they see sound and hear, uh, hear light. So, if you reason along the same lines, um, we see that there's no reason for doubting the possible existence of other world planes of being, just as real and actual as the one upon which we live and move and have our own being, but forever invisible to ordinary human sight and ordinary human senses. This apparent nothingness of these worlds, arising solely from the great differences in the rates of vibration— between these two planes of living so uh, if you look in the uh, old scientific literature when this was very new speculation uh, we know that all of our sensations are due to the impact upon our sense organs of vibration in some form and very basic biology will tell you that variations in the strength and rapidity of vibrations constitute the differences in our perceptions and that Every one of our five senses are variations of the sense of touch. Every one of our senses, sight, hearing, taste, vision, uh, smell, are all, they all started as, a, as the sense of touch, a very crude sense of touch, and became more refined. They are, they, every one of our senses is the excitation of nerves by vibration. It's a sense of vibration that transmitted to the brain and interpreted in different ways. Every one of our five physical senses is a sense of touch that's interpreted in a different way. So if we could refine even um, more delicate senses of touch, then um, we could we could yield very uh, wonderful things. Basically, Every sense that we have, we have one sense, sense of touch, that manifests five different ways. So we're coming into contact with just different, very crude vibrations. And if you look in the um, scientific literature, um, many of the scientists of the 19th century were very critical of how crude our senses really are in measuring reality around us, which is why I, I tend to laugh at people who... Say, well, you know, if I see it, I believe it. You know, if I experience it, I believe it. Dude, we're, we experience a very small percentage of what goes on around us, a very, very small percentage. And if you, if you look at this um, literature about how small a percentage of what goes on around us we actually sense, there could be thousands of things happening around us we're totally unaware of including entities just walking around looking at us going, you know, look at these, uh, these, uh, you know, these cretins, they don't even know we're here. So it's very true. Things are not what they seem, at least to us. Everything seems to be this way only because of its particular plane of existence. We live on a very physical plane, a very physical plane of touch of touch. We sense physical vibration On one plane is a certain vibratory value or speed. We we detect a very narrow range of that vibration. I'm I'm building up to something here, believe me. Um, So there may be right here and now passing right through us. And and in this very world, a totally different planet of existence um, with people, animals, buildings, airplanes, cars that we just don't even know about. Now, if you think that's um, unlikely, imagine air going through a screen door. Here's a screen door. Air goes right through it, and the screen door doesn't even know the air is going through it, and the air doesn't know the screen door is there. They operate on different vibratory levels. And if you can get your mind around that, it's incredible because anybody who's ever studied – Uh, Physics knows a single cubic foot of space, a single point in space, for that matter, can contain at the same time vibrations of heat, vibrations of light of many shades, magnetism, electricity, x-rays, cosmic rays, um, molecules of air in the same point. And they can do this because they all operate on different vibratory planes. I'll even give you another example. Right now, in the air in front of you are millions of different radio signals, cell phone signals, internet signals, satellite signals, um, hundreds of different radio stations, thousands of different television stations, all going through the air at the same time. And yet they don't interfere with each other. They're on different vibratory planes. And a beam of light, coming from the sun, contains every color, every color. You hold up a prism, you separate them out. By the proper use of equipment, you can separate out every color. And if you want to see something just utterly bizarre, look up Isaac Newton's crucible experiment, where he separated with a prism the spectrum of light. Then he held up a prism uh, up to the red light that was separated out of the first prism. And what do you think happened? to that beam of red light when he put it through the prism, I'm not going to tell you. I want you to look it up. But it was not what he thought would happen, and it certainly was not what Rene Descartes happened, thought would happen. Rene, Rene Descartes and Isaac Newton had a rivalry. They were always arguing with each other and trying to prove each other wrong. And most of the time, Newton came out right. In, in fact, I think every time Newton came out right. But uh, imagine it. He, he put a hole in a screen. A beam of sunlight came in. He put it through a prism, and on another screen, black screen, it was the entire spectrum, all the colors of the rainbow. So the red light shone through another hole, and he put a second prism on that red light on another screen. What happened? What do you think happened? I'm not going to tell you. Look it up. It may not be what you think happened. It was very surprising. The ancient occult teachings have always insisted on these other planes of existences. Sometimes they're couched in um, mystical terms. Uh, The six heavens, the six hells, the the heavenly realm, the spirit realm, the uh, diva realm, the naga realm, the goblin realm, um, the god realm. Um, But the, the human realm is just one of them. For the people who are very practical very down to earth very solid they go Pfft, those things don't exist I, I can't get my hands on them so um, and you know we need people like that if someone's operating on my brain I want them to be in this world I don't want them thinking about you know maybe an angel's god in my hand or something I want them to be right there on my brain <laughs> but um, but all of these realms are part of nature they're not supernatural none of them are supernatural and there's always found to be a correspondence between these um myriad planes of existence and manifestation, and under supernormal conditions, a certain degree of possible communication between them. There's always been people who have claimed, and sometimes able to prove with some degree of satisfaction, um, that they can communicate or even travel to these realms. There's subdivisions and subplanes, um, and usually these divisions... If you look into this, and this is very delightful, um, according to the rule of sevens, there are seven great planes, uh, higher planes, grand planes, superior planes, and each of these are subdivided into seven secondary planes, and each of these into seven uh, tertiary planes, and so on and so on, until the division has been made seven times, seven to the seventh power. And if you um study even further in into these uh these old occult texts, at the beginning of your studies you get very excited about these um uh numerological uh similarities, but you you become there's some difficulty in understanding these uh, tetrahedral um designs. There's like Indra's net. Everyone is connected to every other one. Um but you You have trouble understanding what means what's meant by the term "plane" as it's employed in these texts. Um, Your first impression is is plane is a uh, like layers, like pages in a book, strata, uh, levels, and even uh, you know in some of the old books, like in uh, the Tibetan books, they talk about Mount Muru, the center of the universe, and there's steps or levels, Um, and Sometimes you'll get on Internet forums and go, well, is that literal? There's no literal Mount Miru. There's no no such thing. Is that supposed to be the Himalayas? But no, no, this is a meditative technique. It's a model you build in your mind. And as you climb these levels in your mind, this assists you to visualize the various vibratory planes you see. So um, sometimes it helps to visualize these, um, levels, um, as strata or layers or steps and, um, but not literally because as you know, um, they all exist in the same point in space. These planes are not space. They're not a place their vibratory um, um, their vibratory uh, speeds so this error of thinking arises from the conception of the planes layers of strata as being material but as a matter of fact only one of the many planes is so composed and that's the one you happen to be in at the time whichever one you happen to be in at the time (laughs) <laughs> which one you happen to be in at the time is the only one that's material. The other ones are potential. And that's when you start to get into the quantum realm where things exist in potentiality. Um, and that's just what was a wonderful thing. So um, when you stop to think about even the very simplest form of matter, when you go, when you go to our world, The one that we live in materially, you go down further and further and further. You see molecules; they seem to be solid. You know they're boom, boom, boom. You go down to atoms; they start to become a little less solid. They just seem to be foggy. You go below there; you get into nothing but vibration. You get motion. You get um, states of um, states of motion, and you realize that objects are not really objects; they're actions. And, um, you know, so this cup of coffee in front of me, that cup is not an object. That, That cup is a state of being. That cup is an activity. First of all, it's a concept. You know, it's an idea of a cup. But that cup is not an object. It does not have an intrinsic existence as a cup. It's an activity that we call a cup is activity it's a it is a state of act, action a cup is not a noun a cup is a verb can you dig that a cup is a verb not a noun there's no such thing as nouns in reality you cannot separate an object from its action and that's why we have trouble thinking because we do that we have verbs and nouns we have we separate we separate objects from action and that's why we're stuck in reality. That's why we're stuck in the solid world. We say there's me and what I'm doing. But really, you know, you're in activity. You're in constant motion. Every bit of your being. You are your spirit. You are spirit. The cup is spirit. You know, the cup is an action. That cup is busy being a cup. And that table under that, that's busy being a table. It's a, It's. a, I mean, man, if you can dig it. So, As you start thinking about these planes of existence, you don't see them as stacked together. You see them as a continuity. Like you're climbing a mountain, it's a continuity of vibration. So you begin to realize that instead of the planes being rising one above the other in the scale of their fineness, they're graded according to the degree of vibratory energy. So these planes are not strata or layers of matter at all. They're different states of vibration of energy. And that which we know is matter is just one and a very low one, by the way, of the many forms of such vibration. This world that's solid is low vibration. So what happens in spirit? Spirit is high vibration or higher vibration. And that's why the spirit mediums, speak the truth and they say that spirits have to lower their vibration and the medium has to raise his vibration, his or her vibration in order to even communicate because the spirit has to create a vibration in the mind of the medium thought is vibration to get the brain to think there has to be electrical activity in the brain and electricity is a low vibration, it's a physical vibration and the spirit is in a higher vibration so to get that communication started in the brain to get the, the thought in the medium's brain, the spirit has to really lower its vibration and the medium has to really work to raise his vibration to get that connection. And that's why it's, it's very difficult. Um, I have, I have three spirits, um, you know, their spirit guides. I don't, I'm not an open spirit channel. I'm not, I have three spirits I communicate with. You know, there's my great-grandmother, there's my father, there's Victor. I'll talk to you about Victor in a little bit. And the way they sound to me is very muddled. Um, I'll I'll try to imitate to (laughs) it. It sounds like that. And um, very muffled. And uh, sometimes it's a little clearer. (laughs) And... um, you know, people say, well, you know, well, why can't you, you know, get something better than, uh, you know, you know, like I, I was telling someone the I said it's a name like Becky or Bessie. You know, why can't you get clear that? Because it sounded like, mm hmm, mm hmm. That's what it sounded like to me. Mm hmm. And and Victor was mad at me. He's like, man, mm-hmm. Victor's a redneck though. He's he's a, he's a, he's a redneck and uh, very country. So it's hard. To, it was hard when I knew him when he was alive. It was hard to understand him. But <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, and uh, you know, mm hmm that's what it sounds like man so um and uh so uh it's very hard to understand and most of the spirit meetings I talk to you say the same thing it, it's different and that's why a lot of times they'll gesture you know they'll um gesture and I don't I don't see them clearly either but I know who they are and um because the vibration difference between the material world and the spirit world is pretty vast and um uh, very difficult. And I, I find using the crystal ball helps quite a bit in terms of, uh, uh, visualizing it. So next week we're down to 90 seconds. Uh, so next week we'll talk more about this, but I wanted to lay a groundwork for this. There's nothing supernatural. There's nothing magical about this. It, it is steeped in physics. It's steeped in science. Um, so, um, if you think this whole idea of uh, planes of existence is visionary or um, mystical or not, it's not uh, everything I've told you is uh, if, if you get a basic, a basic book on science, um, just go and look at it and verify it. And um, on some uh, you look in space, there's different types of matter. There's dark matter. There's um, inverted matter. There's all kinds of stuff that, doesn't seem to obey the rules of normalcy it's super normal um believe me it's it's just an amazing universe with amazing quirks and twists and things that we can certainly describe as super normal Uh, come back next week for part two we're going to start to talk about spirit itself i look forward to it you know i love you guys you know stick with us and um, we'll get there eventually see you next week